Hi, this is AJ and I'm here with Maka. And this is the 5Ws podcast. Today we are looking at Zack Snyder's Justice League. Ta-da! If you haven't watched Zack Snyder's Justice League, this podcast will definitely contain spoilers, so be warned. Okay, so we start with the 5Ws. The first one, who? Well, the star of this show is Zack Snyder. Woohoo! Has nearly, has nearly exactly the same cast as the original film, but there'll be a few added cameos that we'll talk about later. What? The film is Justice League, the sequel to Dawn of Justice. Originally directed by Zack Snyder, he left the project well after the start of the production. The reins of the films were then handed over to Joss Whedon, who changed the overall vision and direction of the original Snyder project. Where? Only available legally on HBO Max and other streaming services at the moment. There were plans for some sort of cinema release, but at over four hours long, I really doubt that will be happening now. They might do some sort of screening, one a one-off sort of thing or something like that. But that, that's where I read initially they were going to put out the 16.9 version rather than just the 4.3 version, you know, the proper widescreen. But they've gone quiet about that, so I don't think it's going to happen. When? Officially released on March 18th worldwide. Why? Why was this version of the film released? Well, there was a general fan consensus after the release of the original version of Justice League, uh, directed mainly directed by Joss Whedon after a start by, Zach, by um, Zack Snyder, and which sucked, by the way, that Snyder, who liked to make darker films, had probably planned to make something better than the Whedon version of the film. While this has certainly turned out to be the case, it's still not as good as it could be, and at four hours, it might not encourage repeat viewing. Warner Brothers has invested $70 million to complete Snyder's vision of this film. Two big questions have to be, is it worth the time investment, and was it worth the money? A quick synopsis, following on directly from the events of Dawn of Justice, Superman is dead. Batman and Wonder Woman are becoming aware of a growing threat to the entire world, which could lead to a true apocalypse. They strive to seek out more information about this growing threat, as well as recruiting more superheroes to help them in their cause. All the while, Steppenwolf, an acolyte of Darkseid, is building his army and his power, getting ready to welcome his Lord triumphantly back to Earth. Can our heroes save the day? So why the fans wanted this film was a broader sort of discussion basically josh joss screwed the film and and the franchise up in many different ways um one of the main focuses well one of the things that joss really did different with this version of film he defocused the film from cyborg who when you watch the Zack snyder version cyborg is really at the heart of the film and i think this threw off his whole version and was one of the main factors that screwed it up no wonder Ray was really, really annoyed about what happened to his character during the movie. Yeah, I, I agree. Absolutely agree with that. Um, yeah. I really liked how Cyborg got more screen time. Um, it definitely wrapped, uh, like, like extended the story. Like, like it, to me, it, it, it binded the story. Um, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, well, especially uh, going back and looking at the, at the Whedon version, it, it still had... Um, Cyborg is really, really crucial at the climax of the film, mm-hmm. and um, but but it, yeah, the, the build-up was really lacking. So and and um, yeah, so 
I, I think that's one of the main reasons. Other reasons, um, you know, it, it's there's still debate as to why Zack Snyder didn't finish the film originally. There was a um, there was a view. I, I think officially Zack said he was still upset over the unfortunate suicide of his daughter. Yeah, but that that had actually been quite some time beforehand. There, there is also a lot of theories, and I wouldn't be surprised that Warner Brothers might have had more to do with Zach not completing the film because um, when, when Joss was handed the film over, he really did change around the vision of the film. He got rid of the um, darker, sort of uh, less saturated colours, made everything a lot brighter, um, completely redid the soundtrack, um, things like that lighten the tone, put in more humorous bits and that sort of thing. I think that Joss was given the instruction to try and make this as seem as much like a Marvel Universe film as yeah. possible. What do you think? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, I, as you said, there, there's all these sort of innuendos and rumours going on about how, like, obviously Snyder was, you know, put his hand up saying, like, uh, I'm, you know, the loss of my daughter... I, I, yeah. uh, I need to, I need to step back, but I think Warner Brothers probably gave him a push and sort of said, "Look, mate, we we, we think Joss is probably going to sell this movie better on riding on the coattails of um, was it Age of Ultron? I think he did yeah. for the yeah. Avengers movie. Yeah, and yeah, I think I think due to the negativity of Batman vs Supes and probably just just the way things were sort of going at, at Warner." Brothers or DC, whomever was involved, yeah, they probably saw Joss as the as the uh, Messiah, the Savior that yeah. could probably reignite the DCU movie universe, and sort of asked Joss to sort of uh, sorry, asked Zach to step aside, so Whedon could sort of come in and put his magic to it. But we'll we'll later say that yeah, that magic was not very good at all. <laughs> No, but but I, I remember, and I'd have to look it up probably, but I'm pretty sure that after Dawn of Justice, Batman versus Superman, there was actually a bit of a fan movement to get Zack sacked anyway, getting kicked off any future films because a lot of people didn't like the darkness of Batman versus Superman. A lot of people right. said this is way too different to what Marvel's doing and they said they'd do better if they followed the Marvel model. Did you hear that sort of stuff? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that too. Yeah. I, I, I think, yeah, like he, what he did what Superman people was sort of saying, Oh, that's too dark for Superman. But like, seriously, that's ways of films and characters, superhero characters sort of going at the time. And then, yeah, sort of his Batman Superman was not, was not as popular as what I think a lot of people were hoping it would be. So there's like two movies to sort of, oh, Zach did this to the DCU, let's get rid of him and let's petition with, you know, whomever was flashing the pan at Marvel at the moment, at that time with group, uh, you know, grouping of superheroes, i.e. Avengers. So here, let's get him to do, you know, Justice League. Let's let's hit, put his, yeah. you know, Avengers spin on, on the Justice League. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that's essentially how this movie came to be. I think, I think um, Joss's version... Uh, it was it was something like Joss's version by the time it was done cost something like 300 million dollars and oh, I think it made something like just over 600 million dollars which when you factor in um, marketing and that sort of stuff is next to no profit at all mm -hmm. so I, I think and and having spent so much on it I think that Warner probably did look and say well you know we've got most of Zach's version there 
let's have a go at just putting some extra money into it and 70 million dollars these days well it's a fair amount of money it's in movie budget wise that's not really very much so um i think they just thought well we'll have a second go this is really unprecedented though very few movies get this sort of treatment to be handed over to another direct director during production and then handed back to the original director after the after it was produced and get him to do his redo his own version apart from the um, richard donner version of superman 2 i can't think of many other films that have had this happen so they, they've been really lucky in a lot of ways that they did get that opportunity to go back and do it production of the film some of the actors were brought back to reshoot material that they had already shot some actors were brought in to shoot material that hadn't been shot at all i think did you tell me that jared leto's joker scenes were pretty much completely new to this version and weren't even planned yeah it sounds yeah and, and i think he actually shot that not with the other actors i think i think i saw something where he, he actually you know, i'm not saying he shot it on a green screen but like he, he shot it it was shot separately to the to the other actors i think he yeah, that sounds about right yeah 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 because if you look at the joker's actual shots in the dream sequence they are i think they're all in isolation to everybody else it still works i think uh, I, th- I think it still works but i think it also it may have also been a thing could due to covid yeah. where like shooting you know everyone individually might have been a lot easier than than not and, and also probably schedules and yeah, but definitely probably um covid w- w- was probably the main um reason why yeah exactly talk about the cast i didn't see much weakness in the cast i thought the the cyborg origin story was critical i think it would have been really hard for them to cut that out oh, but true yeah Origin stories still slow down these movies a lot, though. I, I think there was probably nearly enough there for a cyborg movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think it's just he's not as, you know, obviously he's not the, the, the trinity of, you know, Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman. Oh, Everyone yeah, knows who right. that is. Yeah. I know uh, this, this Aquaman came out after this, didn't it? So, yeah. But I think because of Momoa, sort of most people knew him from, you know, Game of Thrones and Baywatch and whatever other sort of stuff he's in. But yeah, but Cyborg is, is would I'm definitely not an unknown character yeah. uh, to the main screen. I know he's been in like cartoons such as Teen Titans, yes, uh, yes. Go stuff. But other than that, yeah, as a live action character, yeah, this is probably pretty much the first time he's come across and uh, anyone would have come across him. But I, I the thing I sort of found. Like I said, I, I haven't read too much of you know Teen Titans or Titans stuff that he's when he was created by uh, Marv Wolfman and George Perez in the in the comics. But I don't think he was supposed to be a tough street sort of gangster style. I think he was supposed to obviously he was supposed to, he's one of the most intellectual characters in the comics. So you don't expect him to be you know tough footy uh, gridiron player, I should say, like not footy player, but like you know like he's down with the with the hood sort of sort of style that he, he, he uh, attitude that he sort of had in this but but I can understand that you I, know I think I think the intellectualism was all transferred to his father's character yeah true or I mean he, his father is, is a comic book like his yeah, father yeah. is you know it's all, all is you know associated I think he, like his dad you know what was more on the science side of things and actually looking after his family yeah but uh, but uh, yeah just I think I think they made him a little bit more I get street 
than what he actually is in the comic books. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's one of the most, like, like Batman, has, has, you know, selects him to be in certain things in the comic books because Batman knows his intellect and, and, and skill in that sort of side of things. Whereas yeah. I said, like, in, in, in the movies, he's a bit more, I don't know how to explain, like, you know, um, I don't want to say Jay-Z or any other sort of stuff, but, like, yeah, he's a bit more street, <laughs> I guess. Then. Yeah, he's a bit, bit, yeah, definitely down with the hood sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. But that's just how they like to do these sorts of things these days anyway. True. I, I will say, uh, this isn't really cast, I, I, I still I find Aquaman's eyes disconcerting. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I know his the pupils need to move. <laughs> his pupils need to move when you wear yeah, contacts like yeah, that. Exactly. It just looks like yeah. he's all he can really do is pinholes. Yeah, yeah, and and when he had to do shots where he was glaring at somebody, like there's a shot where he glared at the Flash when the when the mm. Flash crashed into him. That looked really good, but just some yeah, he just to help um, Momoa emote a little bit more. It'd be good to have yeah eyes that didn't look like freaking zombie eyes or something <laughs> like that. Gal came out of this really good. I think the extra yeah. scenes with her and Alfred were excellent. I think there, there was. I think she was just fleshed out a little bit more in general. The, mm. the terrorist scene at the start, I compared that to the original today. That was a lot longer and gave her much more of a chance to be a hero and okay, that sort yeah. of stuff. So I, I think she came out of it really well. I think the only one who really had maybe less of a role in this version was probably um, Superman. Yeah, yeah. I think he was cut back a bit uh, just because they tried to, obviously tried to integrate him more in Joss Whedon's version and have him play more of a role in the final battle and all that sort of stuff, just looking at the comparison there. So he suffered a little bit. He was gone for so much of the movie. It was unbelievable. But that was because when you look at it, he was gone for about two hours. Oh, for sure, yeah. And two hours was the running length of the Whedon version. So, of course, it felt like he was just gone for absolutely ages because he was. <laughs> so, if anything, a little bit, little bit, probably more, just less proportionate screen time for Superman, which was a bit unfortunate. I thought Henry Cavill was good. I was looking closely. I couldn't see any signs of that annoyance about the moustache. I couldn't see uh, any. I saw a couple. I saw a couple, but I think, I think they actually fixed it up. So I, think, I think they fixed it up. I think they went back and fixed some of it up, some mm. of it up before the release of the original Justice League on um, home media as well. Because oh, going my. back and looking at that, there wasn't anything really jumping out at me as being wrong. Not that I saw much. In, I, I wasn't picking up on it in the, in the cinema version. Anyway. So if you don't know about it, I don't think it was as obvious as it was to other people who did know about True. the whole moustache moustache gate thing. <laughs> the rest of the cast... A few extras, a um, cameo by uh, Willem Dafoe, which is really short, but I assume they could probably pad that out because they're talking about doing another Aquaman movie. Mm. The, in the inclusion of Ryan Choi, who uh, oh, in yeah, the comics yeah. actually becomes the uh, the second Atom, or, yeah. or I guess in this, he probably is going to become the original Atom in the DCU movie universe. But yeah, other than that, I... I think that character was actually quite cool. It's a shame that a lot of other things in this movie will never be sort of see the light of day again or, or yeah. you know, into sequels and things like that. But I think yeah. he, his character, I think, was, was you know, was, was quite a, a good inclusion as, a, as the sort of sidekick to Cyborg's dad. Yeah. Just, just sort of gave Star Labs a bit more of a, I don't know, like I think in, from in the um, Whedon one, it just sort of like, oh, that's Star Labs, that's the only sort of Easter egg he you're going to get here it just had a little bit more involvement uh in, in in the whole movie the overall 
look of the film and the effect was it better worse let's just look at that sort of thing so even though this computer graphics still look too cg i personally was amazed that snyder was able to put mm. this together for only 70 million dollars warner brothers must have seen it as a bargain as well what do you reckon yeah. i absolutely yeah i mean like yeah, to me it was like way too much cgi it took a, a little bit away from watching a movie and made me feel like i was watching a computer game it just looked a lot better than what the whedon whedon one especially with the redesign of um steppenwolf oh yeah that 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 to me that was effects wise and in just about every other area that was one of the major improvements of the film the way he looked was really good i really liked that bristling spiky sort of um, outfit that he had on that looked I, really good I, to me it was a very 90s outfit in, in comic books with all the spikes and oh, stuff yeah. but 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 then when i sort of looking at what he originally looked like in the original and, it looked like a guy in a rubber suit that's what it yeah. looked like to me. <laughs> yes. and, and it, it didn't look fearsome or intimidating at all in the original version yeah. because you know there was also the thing um as they pointed out on that um youtube thing you sent me today the the whedon version was PG-13, and the um, Snyder Snyder version was rated R um, because there was an increased level of violence. There's a lot more blood splattering around, Hmm. all that sort of stuff. And we also had um, Batman and Cyborg dropping F-bombs during the movie. (laughs) So I I thought it was fine. I, I think it's... I've got no problems with this material being treated in such a mature and adult fashion because, let's be honest... While there are certainly younger comic book fans out there, there's a lot of older comic book fans out there. And I think that's who who they're aiming with. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Anyway. So, yeah. Okay. My biggest criticism to the look of the film, guess what it is? (laughs) You tell me. Uh, The 4-3 ratio. 4-3 ratio. (laughs) Now, I will admit, sitting here watching it on my screen, with the screen only about three inches away from my face, it wasn't so <laughs> bad. But I would imagine you watched it more on your big screen sort of TV. Yeah, I watched it on big screen TV. And was um, it much more noticeable that way? At first, it was kind of like, oh, what's going on? But then I think I got used to it. Yeah. But, but it's still, there were some shots where I was going, fuck, that will look great in widescreen. But yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we've just been brain fed sort of to be 16 by nine these days with all our widescreen things. But yeah, I, I it, it had to be 16, nine, it, like four, three. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, Snyder. There, yeah. There's no excuse. So, there was something about Snyder liking it because it's more compatible with the IMAX format, but who's going to get the <laughs> chance to see this in IMAX format. I, I really True. don't see yeah. anybody sitting in an IMAX cinema for four hours, four hours. watching this movie. I really don't see it happening. So while I understand he was all excited about the compatibility of it, um, I, I think if he had have done it originally, it probably would have been 16.9. Certainly everything that um, Whedon was working with was 16.9. Yes. So I think he's also partially done this just to make his version more obviously different. Yeah, true, true. I, I think that's the case. So, yeah, that, that to me is, it, it's, it was the greatest letdown. I don't know. Or, or will there just be pressure? Oh, we're going to put out a 16.9 version one day and try and milk some more money out of this. I hate to be so cynical, but you never know. <laughs> no, there probably will be. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past. Yeah. Like they'll, they'll probably, they'll have to, um, I, I think that definitely would probably be a 16 by nine version out there down, somewhere down the track because 
they're probably waiting to see the success if this was going to be a success. I know there's there's been a lot of negativity in regards to the DC movies of late. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they, they probably were seeing if this got a tick. I think it still has got a tick in regards to, I think, all the rotten tomatoes and all that kind yeah. of things, I assume. Yeah. As I said, I, I enjoy this a lot more than the Whedon version. Yeah, I'd be interested to see in, in a 16 by 9 uh, version yeah. somewhere down the track. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm in agreement there. I, I found, particularly the last two hours, um, I, I did feel it was really drawing me into it more and more. Mm. Not, not that I had any problems with the first two hours, but this, the second the second half was definitely more engaging than the first half. Yeah, I, I, and I'd, ha- I'd happily watch it again if it was reformatted. I'm not going to bend over to watch it again in the 4.3 format. Yeah, I yeah. might watch parts of it again or yeah, that sort I agree, of yeah. Sure, but I'll just have to see what happens. There was, a, I thought, as a new score, somebody said it was the original score by Tom Hulkenberg, a.k.a. Junkie XL, replacing this this score by oh who was the other guy who did it danny elfman i think danny elfman yeah replacing danny elfman's score listening once again watching whedon's version listening to danny elfman's score danny elfman's score was all over the place it wasn't consistent with the other films Mm. and i with the other snyder films and and danny elfman was drawing on things like the richard donner superman theme which was kind of cool but it really sounded out of place yeah in this and and i think there was a part where he brought in his his batman theme as well and it's like once again out of place i think the soundtrack was improved the overall visuals of the of the film um for me it was a nice return to the more of the what they called the bleach bypass or desaturated colors of the original film that's that's what really annoyed me watching whedon's version everything was everything was bright and colorful but that's just not the tone of the original it wasn't what it was it just made to me it made it more obvious that they'd messed around with it you know what i mean yeah i agree i agree we'll just briefly talk about the length of the film mm-hmm. and the chapters so even 16 minutes in it was obvious that this could have been edited edited down to a much more manageable length um that became more obvious as the movie progressed but once again flicking back and looking at the just whedon version which the Joss Whedon version is is like this version, but in fast forward big time and not done well. Just just cut, 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 cut. You know, and, and once again, having watched Snyder's version of it be- uh, just beforehand, I can really see where it's like, oh, they must have been really struggling to maintain the continuity and that sort of stuff. So four hours, yeah, too long. Do you think there was two movies in this? Yeah, but just, I mean, I liked how it was in the chapters. I think that made me cope with it where yeah. i sort of did have a break uh probably i think was it chapter five i think i had a, a quick break to sort of get a drink yeah but yeah I, i'm trying to think where would you have split it i'm like was there a sort of a cliffhanger, cliffhanger. I, okay right. the only major cliffhanger i could see but i'd have to look at where it was in the movie was bringing superman back to life i know but what was that uh, after four like was it four out uh, and then went on to five I can't remember. I'd have yeah. anyway, and I certainly don't know where it was in regards to the actual length of the movie, but that's the only spot where I'd possibly split it. But I, I, I guess ultimately, I, you know, since they knew everybody knew it wasn't going to be a prop, you know, it was going to come back anyway. So I, I don't know. I don't know because the the parts weren't of equal length. I don't think. No, no, I think they're um, all different times, all different uh, lengths, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So that would make it tough to break up as well. I, I don't know. It, I, I hate to use the word, but it's it is a bit overblown. 
I, I think they probably could have got it down to about three hours comfortably and still have had it run a lot smoother than Joss Whedon's version. Yeah. Where exactly I'd take out those cuts, I don't know, because a lot of stuff that was restored wasn't too bad. So I, I don't know. It, it, it's a tough one. And I can see how it must have been really tough for them. The, the main thing I think that was sacrificed for the Whedon version actually was probably the cyborg stuff, which was the emotional core of the film. So by taking that out, you know, like I said, it threw everything off balance, I think, for the whole movie. But, but I, 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 I reckon we didn't actually wanted to cut that stuff out. Like it, it wasn't sort of a directive from from DC or, or Warner Brothers. I reckon, like, because all the the thing that's happened with with um, Ray and all that in regards to Whedon and stuff, I think Whedon probably just said, "I'm going to cut it out. I don't care what you think." And that's where all that they probably had shot everything. Yeah, they probably just you know oh, I did think it was one, all shot. one or yeah, two yeah. takes, and that's about it. Instead of like properly get, you know, I don't think I got that right. And Josh went, I don't give a shit. Let, let's move on. Yeah, length could have been shorter. I, I, I think, I think just some of the pacing um, lagged for me in certain areas throughout the movie. So maybe those bits could be cut or, or shortened. But as you said, I think the the inclusion of a, of a more solid cyborg story in it may have been the reason why it it, it blew out to well not. It not painfully blew out to four hours, but like, yeah, I can understand why maybe it was all yeah. chopped in the in the Joss Whedon version. But yeah. yeah. So what's good about it? You got any ideas? What's what 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 would you say are the highlights for you? Um, seriously, I think um, my highlight was probably the dream sequence at the end. I, mm-hmm. I think just that everyone's sort of sick of you know usually you know Batman smash, Superman fires lasers out of eyes. So I think. Like, Here's a, a, a sort of elseworld timeline or something where something happened and, and Darkseid got the, was it the antimatter and, and made Superman into a bad Anti-life equation, sorry, yeah. And made Superman into a bad guy and then whoever is left available in, became defenders of the earth with Batman and Joker and all those sort of characters. And yeah, I don't think we'll ever see that again. I think that to me, that was my favorite part in the movie. Uh, yeah. And and I think it also gave, I mean, I just mean, I, I'm trying to think how Jared Leto was as the Joker in the Suicide Squad. I thought he was all right. I, I mean, it's obviously, you know, Heath Ledger or Leaf Phoenix or, or sort of all that sort of stuff. But I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed how he portrayed the Joker at the end of this movie. Yeah. It, just, it was, it was yeah. really good. Yeah. I, I, went back and looked at some of the Suicide Squad stuff. I think his portrayal of the Joker was superior in this film. Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think he was really going for it hard in this film as well because it could be his last, it, it could have been his last chance to play the Joker or mm-hmm. he could have been doing it more as, your resu- as a resume to say, bring me back. I don't know if they're going to bring him back in the next Suicide Squad. You'd think that would be possible, but I'd also thought I heard he was out of it. So I don't know. I, I really don't know. And with Joachim Phoenix doing his own version of the Joker now and all that sort of stuff, it's like we've got this inundation of Jokers or something like mm. that, that it would seem. But, but yeah, for me, that was that probably was the highlight of the movie. I, I, I really enjoyed that part. Kind of pity. It was, it was a dream, dream sequence, but it always struck me as like, like Batman's dream in the um, Dawn of Justice. It was always more a premonition. Yeah, yeah. I think, or, you know, but yeah, or... Or the other possibility of it being not on Earth One. Yeah, true. I, what does it mean? Like, I think 
I don't, I'm not sure where they're going to go with the Flash movie, but I think it, it might be Flash maybe visiting different timelines. So somehow maybe this Batman that we've seen at the end of, of Justice League may have been a Batman yeah. in another universe yeah. and, and has lived that timeline, but now is in back in the, into, you know, the, the Earth 52, I think is what they, they call the, the, the DC. But it was originally Flash in the comics that discovered the multiverse from what I understand anyway. Hmm. Because you had the golden age flash meeting the modern flash sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so to tie it in with that character would make sense. And um, I, I don't know, but 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 you know, we, with a flash film, yeah, they might explore that. It's really hard to say what they're gonna do with it. I think to me for me, I think that's I, I was like, oh, I don't really care about the like I, I think I needed to see what what um Zack Snyder's Justice League did for the for these characters and Prior to that, I really didn't think DC should, you know, continue on with this uh, DCU of the of the universe. But yeah. now I'm actually sort of interested in sort of seeing what yeah. Z- where Zach's universe would have gone. But which may still sort of go into the Flash movie um, and maybe elements. Maybe in, no, I mean I didn't really enjoy the Aquaman movie, but you know maybe elements of that will go into that now because yeah I, prior, prior to sort of seeing the Zack Snyder um, I was thinking that part of the DC universe should be shut up put away in a box and shelved and the Robert Pattinson together and whatever they create from Robert Pattinson onwards is the new DCU yeah uh, I think we're both agreed as well that uh, as we've already stated the cyborg plot line was really improved, really improved the character and, and restored him to the heart of the movie where he was obviously planned to be, which was really good. As you observed, Zach making Cyborg's dad die was definitely much better. It had some decent dramatic impact as because I don't think he died at all in the Whedon version. So that, that worked really well too. Anything else you like? No, sorry, I didn't like the last Wonder Woman movie, so I was kind of a bit over Gal Gadot and, all, and her as Wonder Woman, but I think Bang! This this brought it back again. Like, uh, yeah. seriously, I yeah, I really enjoyed her portrayal as Wonder Woman, and and I think even Batfleck might have been actually a little bit more enjoyable as well. I think he I mean, came out of it better. Mm. I I definitely think he came out of it better. And once again, I was looking at it, and it's like, you know, this is probably it for Batfleck, and that's kind of sad because it would be good to mm. see more of that character. Not that I don't want to see the Robert Pattinson version either, but Martian Manhunter was good. A bit on the pointless side, but but still good. I, I just thought, well, if you're going to introduce him like that and have him play that sort of part in the movie, why isn't he there at the end of the movie? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I you know, yeah, sort of like where well, he sort of coaxed Lois out of her um, coma to sort yeah. of live life again. Yeah. And then he introduced himself to Batfleck at the end. But yeah, to me, like, well, why wouldn't he have joined, you know, the, the rest of the team? Or, yeah. or, you know, made himself available to the rest of the team. And Is he and, normally part of Justice League in the comics? Uh, yes. The last sort of stuff I read, yeah. He, like you said, he's, he's, he's another guy that Batman utilises as much as he can. Like, if, if Bats wanted to create his own team, I think he would, uh, other than, the, you know, Nightwing and Robin and Batgirl and all that sort of things, yeah. out, out of that sort of the Bat universe, he would, he would go straight to... Uh, John Johns, the Martian Manhunter, yeah, and and also Cyborg, yeah. I thought it was really well shot. I think it really looked beautiful. It still issues with the CGI, 
but just just overall how the film looked. I'm going back and looking at the Whedon version, he it looks like Whedon did something with the special effects as he muddied them up a bit. They didn't look as crystal clear as what they did in this. So, uh, so unless that's something they improved for this version, like Steppenwolf, how they improved that, I don't know what Whedon was doing with his version, but the effects look terrible yeah. Um, yeah. in his version. I, I don't know what was going on there. It was nice that they all got their own songs. Steppenwolf was very effective as a villain now. And I think that having Dark Side as well really helped that a lot. Yeah, well, I think didn't they, they actually replaced uh, a, a scene where it was Steppenwolf. Yeah, was that, um, that was the early battle, yeah. Early battle um, against the gods and the powers that be of, of um, the Amazons and the and Atlanteans. Yeah, uh, that that was against Steppenwolf in um, the Whedon version, but in the um, Snyder version, they put Darkseid, and, and yeah, it 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 worked. It yeah, it it made a it actually made you understand why Darkseid after or what he was doing in yeah. regards to wanting wanting to sort of invade Earth. Yeah, they, they yeah they shoved in enough exposition, and the comic book fans must have really enjoyed that part. I'd imagine it, it did, mm. but it did shove in enough expo- exposition to explain probably what Steppenwolf's motives was. Yes. I, I think I think it did a really good job of making it clear how close he came to getting what he wanted and how close Earth was to being destroyed by Darkseid and all that sort of stuff as well. And, and it made it much more effective as opposed to the Whedon version of the climax where you spent most of your time worrying, worrying about this family that was going to get killed yeah. um, because of the goings on in the Chernobyl lookalike. Chernobyl lookalike, um, yeah. 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 and That was lame. <laughs> yeah, that was lame. I, I think it was put in more just to make it more of a PG version or something like that. Yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, it didn't work. And to have that gone altogether, it's like I didn't even notice it was gone until I went back and look at, looked at the Joss version. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember that crap. But, um, you know, to have them focused on defeating the villain rather than just worrying about saving a freaking family. I mm. understand why they put it in, but, yeah, okay. So, yeah, Steppenwolf is an effective villain now. Uh, I thought the Wonder Woman terrorist bit was good. It's a bit predictable. It's like, yeah, they weren't really as in as much danger as what they're making out. I guess you know, you knew she was going to save them, all that sort of stuff. But it's, it still looked really good. Yeah. Uh, I think that for some reason they just had to remind us of what Wonder Woman could do. There, mm. there wasn't really. I don't think it was a Batman action sequence like that. I guess they just figured who's Batman and we know what he gets up to. It, it was in the Whedon version at the beginning. Oh, the Batman. Batman yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. It had him. Busting a burglar and then fighting one Busting of the a burglar, yeah. things. Yeah, I, I saw that today, but it was it would have been better if it had been more of a traditional Batman sort of mission or maybe up against a traditional Batman villain or something True. like that. You know what I mean? That would have yeah. worked better yeah, yeah. Um, than what they had in the original Whedon version. But we're not here to talk about that crap. Okay, so they're the main good points. Going on to the bad points. I, I think they missed an opportunity when they had, like, like I observed, all, most of the characters seemed to get their own song at one point. Um, you had Aquaman getting a Nick Cave song and you had a few, you know, a few of the others getting their own song. But when Superman was there and he stepped out of his spaceship. Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They missed a huge opportunity to have him striding out of his ship and back in black, just blasting away. And considering the fact they used the other songs, it would have sounded great. The only thing that might have held them back is ACDC might have said, well, where's the money? 
Um, but that, that, that's the only thing I think would have held them back from that. I, I, I think it was just a missed opportunity. And the fact that I thought about it and you thought about it. Yes. Says that. Um, sure, I, that means I, millions of other people did too, yes, I'm sure. Exactly right. A lot of other people would have missed been, opportunity. <laughs> real missed opportunity that just to put in a song like that, that just w- really would have rocked things up at that point. Uh, because, you know, one of my other um, criticisms of it, it's, it's this film takes it, still takes itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. And to have something like Back in Black in there would give it that level of not taking themselves too seriously that it needed and not, you know, I looked at some of Whedon's pissy attempts to make it a little bit more fun, but they, they didn't work, no. the crap he was doing. So I, I think this would have been a good, good chance to make it cool. Yeah, that, that's a op- missed opportunity. What else do you think? Um, I reckon the, the, the villains' voices, to me, they all sounded the same, um, like they were done by the same person with a moth voice modification setting. I mean, yeah, I, I, maybe maybe they needed a, I don't know, like, like, like we know how Thanos, you know, was, was a particular actor. Yeah. I can't, I honestly, I keep forgetting to look if, if these, any of the bad guys were actually name actors at yeah. all, but I don't think they were. You know who would have been good as one? Ian McKellen, I think. Gandalf, isn't it? No. Yes. Gandalf. Gandalf. A voice like his that you can recognize, but just has that power to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can just, see that. I just somebody that. distinctive like that, but, you know, as opposed, you know, for, for at least one of them mm. and, and, and other, you know, but, but you are right. Cause you know, Thanos sounds exactly like Josh Brolin and he's just got that voice. Mm. So, um, but yeah, they, they sound all sound like Darth Vader and they all sound very genetic. I think a lot of a lot of the good voice or actors are probably all signed up by Disney, <laughs> like Andy Serkis and, and um, you know uh, uh, Doctor Strange is also when he was what Smaug in the Lord of the Rings, yeah. like his voice may have been good as well, but like, yeah. <laughs> Andy Serkis is working with DC. He's the new Alfred. Oh, he's too. Sorry. All right. Take, take yeah. the back. Oh, yeah. I guess because he's. he's yeah, I know what you mean. Dead. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So, even something like, oh God, what one of the guys who've done one of the Optimus Prime voices, like the original yeah. one or the guy from Beast Wars, that would have sounded good, just that distinctive tone without robbing much. But like I say, yeah, because you had Dark Side and Steppenwolf and that other dude, all Desaad. three characters. Yeah. Who's the other one? Desaad, I think it is. Yeah, Desaad, all with essentially the same voice. And and you're there, it's like, what? Who? What? (laughs) But but like I say, something like an Ian McKellen or somebody like that with a really distinct tone in their voice, even with, you know, voice modification, um, Mm. because they actually actually did that with the Doctor Who story once. They they did have Ian McKellen in it and they modified his voice so it wasn't Ian McKellen, but it still sounded really, really good. Now, they only used his voice. They didn't have him make an appearance, probably cheaper. But that's the sort of thing they could have done. You know what I mean? So I, I think that that I think that really does that and the back in black. I, I think that does sum up a lot of the issues of this is missed opportunities. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's I like agree. If they had thought things through a little bit more, taken a bit more time, because it, it, I think I reckon the other reason why Snyder might have dropped out was they were doing a real rush job on the second Justice on on Justice League. They, they were really oh. trying to 
Yeah, I, they were really trying to push it out fast, I think, and that might have been a factor in why he might have stepped back as well. I don't know. I think it was the, they probably just wanted to get something out to take on Avengers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, we've seen now how well that trying to compete with that goes for them. I don't, yeah. I don't think they're going <laughs> to bother with that again. And it's DC. They, they can just follow their own path anyway. They don't have to copy they don't have to copy Marvel. They don't have to do exactly the same thing. Uh, I think... Wasn't that why Joss was brought in? <laughs> yeah, look how well that went too. Yeah, yeah. You know, it went too far the other way. Other issues, of course, as we talked about, the pacing was a problem in some places. Yeah. Way too much CGI in some places. Takes itself way too seriously, which we talked about before. Um, the lighter-hearted the light, lighter nature of the Flash was really needed in other parts of the film. I, I really do enjoy Ezra... Miller's portrayal of the character. I, I know he's probably a bit different to the more sort of square-jawed Flash in the comic books. Would that be a fair comment? Yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, he's probably more of a Wally West than um, Barry. Okay, um, yeah. but that's what I mean. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like I think any version of the, of, of a Flash character probably had to be like that because everyone else is so serious. So serious, you need, you need your sort oh, of yeah. goofball guy. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Can you imagine if, if the Flash was too serious, just what it would have done to this film? It would yeah, have, yeah. Oh, my God. All, all, all the comedy would have been resting on Jason Momoa. And while he's good, it's like, oh, that's that's a big load to dump yeah, on. There's somebody. only so many wahoos you can sort of yeah, exactly. figure out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. thought the um, exposition in the film was fairly clunky, especially with a lot of the Amazon stuff. Um, that's pretty normal for a lot of superhero films. They really do struggles sometimes to shove the story in there without it sounding too obvious that the story's being shoved in your face. Mm. So I, I, I wouldn't highlight them as just, you know, that being just their problem. It got even Marvel stuff struggles with that sometimes. So, you know, that, that's, that's just something that comes with that genre more than anything else. Any other sort of major criticisms you'd have? Um, no, I think, I think that's pretty much it. Okay, we'll leave it there for now. It's such a big movie that we thought we might as well split this podcast into two parts. Come back next week when we'll, we will look at the rest of the movie, how it bodes for future DC films, and we rate the film. Is it really worth watching? Come back to find out. Thank you for your time. Who, what, where, when, why? How many ways can you lie? How many ways can you try?